Well, welcome to another episode of The Leadership Enigma. You might be watching, you might be listening, or who knows, you might be doing both. Please do check out the YouTube channel and subscribe to that. We've now got, I think, over 100 videos on there, but it seems to be the best kept secret. So please share that with the world. Well, we're just going from strength to strength. We're preparing now for our second live event after a very successful first live event in central London at the Everyman Theatre in Liverpool Street. And actually, I mentioned that for a reason, because we had an incredible time. I was interviewed by the CEO of Vorbos. It was Tim Kresic. And we had a great time and we had a wonderful audience there. And I said to Tim, you know what? The podcast is a wonderful platform for anyone to come and talk to us about their life experiences and their passions in relation to leadership. It doesn't have to be someone who has researched leadership all their life because we're experiencing it day to day. So we experimented with something and I'm looking at my guest now because he is indeed the result of this experiment. And we actually had a raffle and we drew out a random number and that random number became my next guest, which I'm delighted about. So I want you to welcome Ian Sinner, who's the head of international carrier sales at Enreach. But we're going to be talking about something that is passionate to him and really about all of us becoming a leader and a force for good. So you don't want to miss this episode because there's a real story to this one. Come back to me just after this. Hi, I'm Adam Pacifico and welcome to The Leadership Enigma, a world-ranked award-winning podcast that's insatiably curious as regards what leaders do, how they do it, and importantly, why. We'll delve into the human doing, but even deeper into the human being and the power of human-centered leadership to drive sustainable change. So whether you're an entrepreneur, business owner, corporate executive, each week we speak to global experts, academics, rising stars, ambitious upstarts and disruptors, as together we will discover that success leaves clues. So it's a massive warm <laughs> welcome to Ian. Um, well, that was my attempt at giving a little bit of context as to how we met and how you've come now to be in the studio. I think it's a perfect description. I represent anyone. <laughs> well, and I mean that in a good way, because I've, I've always said, with the platform, with the podcast, and this came out in conversation, every single episode is a privilege. Every single episode, I think, is humbling. Every single episode provides learning, and learning comes from everywhere not just those who tend to specialize in leadership i think i think uh, i think the key is um if you're looking for learning you can see learning happening all the time you walk the dog across the park and you watch a, a football coach yeah dealing with a situation with a young person on a football pitch you know you 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 go anywhere you go into a, a, a supermarket um i had an experience when i i was due to fly with easyjet and we could see the plane, yep. and we could smell the plane, but there, were, there weren't any crew to fly the plane, right. so somebody had to cancel the flight. Right. But they sent two people down in high vises who spoke very clearly and helped everybody, and a bad situation was made better by clear leadership, by right. people taking personal responsibility and doing a great job. So, yeah, it's Life everywhere. Life is full of lessons. Yeah. You're if even, you're open to those well, yeah, I, And I think, again, that that's that's one of the lessons for us. Be open to leadership. Be open to leading. Um, but, again, get involved and, uh, and don't do nothing. Start to think about things more deeply. So. Well, we're going to really focus in on that for this particular episode. And But let's still just come back to some of the context I gave because you were in the audience – Yes. at the Everyman for our first live event, which uh, I had a huge amount of fun. Just tell everyone how you came to be 
part of that audience because it was a fantastic venue, wasn't it? Well, it was, it was a lovely venue and it was a great conversation. And, and before I forget, I, I thank you for the comment, which was um, every the children of everybody you lead will know your name. Yeah. It's up to you what context they place that it's in. And I stuff, thought that was really <laughs> clever. I, mean, I went away and I just wanted to write that down. It was down wisdom and given to me. Well, the, and, and I think it's one of those things, the responsibility of leadership goes beyond the person that you're dealing with because we are all family. We are all people. We, are, we have our, our own lives behind it. But um, I mean, I'd, I'd reached out to Tim because of his role as the uh, chair of the um, t- uh, he's the uh, I- I- ITP. I think so. Yeah, so he's the, the CEO the, of yeah. Vorbos, who who put on that show, and it's a huge shout out yeah, to, so to the, them. But he's also the chair now, the, isn't he? The, of that? the Institute of Telecom Professionals, and essentially, it was on the back of um, an, an accidental stirring. Um, when I was watching television at home, and I watched a documentary by Joe Swash right. about uh, care leavers, so young people growing up in care, yeah. um, either re- um, uh, uh, sort of uh, family care or um, foster care or in a care home, and the fact that at the age of 18, roughly, apart from a few exceptions around the country, that's it. They're out, they're into the world, and right. they've got to stand on their own two feet. And as a result of this launch into into the abyss, after probably quite a difficult childhood, oh, cool. you know, 25% of them end up homeless, uh, X percent end up involved in crime. It, it, it's a real challenge. And, and you look at it, and within the documentary, yeah. it related to, you know, the political structure. These kids can't vote, so there isn't very much interest in them. Um, yeah. The ministers for, responsible for that had been in post for maybe a year or two before they were promoted on, and it was it was it was a it was a challenge, and it hurt to watch it. As a member of the society, you know, we made a a deal that said we'll look after all the children, and frankly, we're doing the least possible for this particular group. But what really struck in my mind was that there are a lot of kids who grow up in difficult circumstances, not necessarily just the ones in care. I think I saw care. a recent headline just this week, Ian, about there's a million living in poverty yeah. in the country. And, 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 and it's 2023 and this is the UK and we're the fifth largest economy in the world or something. It's a so, little so, embarrassing, so isn't it? We are not doing a very good job. Right. What interested me about this group specifically was it's a finite group. You can actually draw a, a, a circle around it. They, they all are written down as coming from care. Right. Okay. So it's easy to define. Yeah, the group. it's a definitive group. So if you take a definitive group, one of the things I know about business is if you've got a definitive task in front of you, yeah. you can handle it. If, it. if there's infinite variables, it's very difficult. But if it's definitive, you can get people on it. So I just started to think, I've worked in the communications industry, the business communications industry for 30 years or so. There are some great big organizations and there are some great small organizations. And I think it's a lovely community. I really enjoyed growing up and being part of it. And it just struck me that perhaps as an industry, with the the, the variety of different jobs we've got and from the resources. digging up streets all the way to, you know, sales, marketing, you know, accountants, you know, finance roles, that sort of thing. We pretty much cover the whole spectrum of what people might want to do for a career. Yes. Maybe we could uh, become socially responsible for a definitive group of people and, and create a launchpad for them out. So. Okay. We are, I am, starting to investigate exactly how you can take that particularly large problem and, uh, and, uh, and maybe try and resolve it. So that, that, was, that was how I reached out to Tim. That's how I ended up in the audience uh, 
with your uh, podcast. Okay, and we're going to come back to because you saw Vorbos as uh, a great example of some work and focus that they had within this definitive group. But let me come back to where your passion is coming from because mm. everyone's got an experience or a story which is in some ways a catalyst or fueling what they do. So tell us a little bit about your growing up because you were helped in a difficult family situation, weren't you? And actually not necessarily by family members. So just tell us a little bit about that, that context. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my upbringing is not uncommon. There are a lot of people who come from um, uh, families where the parent relationship splits up. Yes. Not everybody has got great parenting experiences, you yeah. know. Um, but what you don't notice when you're very young and you begin to notice a little bit more when you get older is that there are a lot of people around you who have an interest. So... Yeah. When I was uh, be- below 10, because I left Scotland, I was born in Scotland, brought Where up else? in uh, Westlinton, uh, Peebleshire borders, not far from Edinburgh, okay. 16 miles southwest of Edinburgh. So, right. um, And I lived in a little village in the middle of nowhere. We were the last house up the top of a hill. Apparently, some other people called it the chicken shed. Um, <laughs> it was a little wooden house, so uh, apparently it wasn't that great. They bulldozed it just after we left, so uh, maybe it wasn't that good a construction. But right. uh, Uh, And I was growing up in this village, and one of the most fundamental members of the village was a guy called David Close, who was the school janitor, had been a teacher, but then they brought in regulation that you had to have a a degree or something. And and so he was was, uh, stepped down to um, the janitor, um, and he also ran the football club. Did a lot with the scouts, taught all the kids in the village how to kayak on the rivers, right. painted murals on different walls and basically was Mr. Village. And he invested in, as far as I was concerned, pretty much everybody. But he definitely invested in me. And, and you know, I, I learned, I think, still the most enjoyable lesson, which was to do with football. I was OK at football, pretty yeah. decent. Well, um, you're sat exactly where Stuart Pearce was sat, just oh, saying to I, you, I, right? I know, and I listen to Stuart <laughs> Pearce. And, and, and I, I, I have to say, when you listen to people, and I'm Scottish, so English football players. We'll try and get oh, Ali McCoy at some point. Well, get, get, get Super Ali on that. That'll take three hours of recording. But uh, but I listened to Stuart Pearce, and you asked him one of your quick-fire questions at the end of it. Yes, I remember. And you said, PC or Mac? And it's very easy for somebody to go, PC. But he he's very genuine. He must be a very genuine person because he said, I, I can't handle either of them. Neither. There's nothing to do <laughs> I with it. remember him saying and that. I, and I thought, I thought, it's nothing to just say PC. Yeah. I, but I thought it was quite credible for him to, to, to sort of step up and say that. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so my lesson in football from David Close was yeah. uh, 100% of my best is enough. I don't have to worry about anything else. The result is, 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 is out of my control. Yeah. I have to give 100% of me. If I come off the pitch and I've given 100% of me, it doesn't matter what everything, what else happened. Now, I should help everybody else. I should work as a, a member yeah. of the team. But I, ever since then, I've been able to play all sports and be ferociously competitive on the pitch. As long as you're giving 100%. As long as I give 100% and then come off and just suck it up. You know, yeah. if you win, lose or draw, just enjoy the fact that you got to play sports. So, and that made a big difference to me. And the fact that I could play football made a big difference to me when I started moving around at the age of 10 down to England. So, uh, but David Close was, was just one of those people who just invested um, in young people. I asked him why once. Um, and he told me it was because all of his friends died standing next to him during the war. Wow. And so he decided that he would invest not only what he should invest in in youth in the UK, um, but what they would have done as well. So that was his motivation. So this is what I mean by everybody has got 
the most phenomenal stories mm. and powerful learning. And and this is just proving it because we met through this raffle. Yeah, by complete we and we it was an ex- experiment is the wrong word, but it was I said to Tim, everyone if they just stop and think has got a story and a set of experiences that are deeply relevant and moving to other human beings. Yeah. And this is a great example of it. So um, there were a number of people who were f- uh, former soldiers who helped you in life, yeah, weren't so, there? So David, Clo- David Close is soldier number one. Right. I, think he was, I think he was probably um, British Expeditionary Force, Dunkirk, and all the way through. Wow. Um, and uh, I think he was a colour sergeant, a sergeant major. He could definitely hear his voice, even if he was shouting into a high wind, that sort of thing. <laughs> the second one was my best mate's dad, Jimmy Farris, yeah. who was just the most charismatic David Niven type character right. ever. He was a, a beautiful person. And uh, uh, he just um, let me sit around their family. You know, I used yeah. to go around their house quite a lot. They took me on holiday a couple of times. Yeah. And he just showed me dad stuff, you know, how to pack the boot of a car, you know, um, just being around, working hard for the family. He didn't yeah. do it. There were no lessons. We didn't sit down and talk, but he just made space. Um, and for the whole of the rest of his life um yeah. he was just a great influence on me and I, I i just enjoyed his company but again he invested time in me made space for me um even though i was not part of his his yeah. family um and then the third one was my mum's later life companion right who was colonel patterson who, right. who drove a firefly tank um after uh, d-day right uh, so landed on d-day uh, plus 19 a Firefly is a Sherman tank with a massive gun on the front of it. Okay. Um, about the only chance the, uh, the the tank division had of trying to knock out a Tiger, although you didn't hang around too long, apparently, to find out whether you'd knocked it out because right. it was well capable of blowing you up. And he was just a really engaging. He was like, the you know, as I was maturing into my... You know, sort of central position, my middle age, my 40s or whatever, he was he was a great father figure to sit down drink whiskey with talk about the old days learn lessons and and share stuff so um and again he invested hours in 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 me in terms of you know chat and guidance and that sort of thing so yes world war ii soldiers very important interesting what did it feel like to have all these people just genuinely investing in you as just a person well i I think once you start to reflect on it you start to understand uh, what good looks like, uh, because it wasn't just them. Uh, there were two or three more dads. There was uh, Mark Nichols' dad, uh, John Kirby's dad. They were all good people. But then there was the football club leaders. They didn't get paid, yeah. you know, so they turned up. I never got a lift of football. I had to go in one of their cars. The world is so, full of unsung heroes yeah, yeah. as well, who are just the, passionate the, about the, people. The scout leaders, the scout leaders are tremendous because, um, I mean, they're a crazy bunch of people who let children do all sorts yeah. of things that health and safety don't allow anymore. Um, so, you know, you have all of these people who have no relation to you at all, given the opportunity to invest in young people and they do it so willingly. And so you start to think about all this and you start to think, well, if, if nobody had invested in me, if I hadn't got lucky, I mean, we got really lucky with the housing association that stuck us in Harpenden, which is England's poshest town, as far as I'm concerned, rather than, rather rather than the less desired, uh, Luton, Watford and Hemel Hempstead, no offense to Luton, Watford and Hemel Hempstead, but, uh, 
uh, if you've been to Harbin, and you All understand. All I can tell you is that they won one nil last night. <laughs> well, it, it, it had to happen, uh, but um, but no, you know, Harpen and they put a police helicopter up if somebody drops litter. It's a safe sort of a town to okay. uh, to grow up. But uh, so you, you, but you reflect on the fact that you know these people investing in you have got you to where you are. So I'm relatively sane. Uh, I've, I've 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 gone through my life without feeling that there's a gap or a lack of care and support and. Uh, uh, it's been a good journey. So, but you, you understand what you can do if you invest in young people. You can have a, a big influence on on folks. And that's really our focus for today, especially in relation to what we can do as individuals, what we can do as organisations. And you know, essentially, there's uh, there's an uh, momentum that is needed, I think, in leaders today to start to invest in other people in order to bring them up you know that hopefully the tide rises all boats so in some ways you you were lucky in that you had these people who were investing in you otherwise it might have turned out very different because you said it was a, a challenging background from a family perspective but actually maybe the void was well, yeah i mean you 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 see circumstances where people have had a a bad life without investment and yep. they're left to their own device i mean we see it i i see it more now or it worries me more now that we have you know kids hanging around in the park who are being demonised for hanging around, being bored, and getting in with the wrong crowd. But if we make the wrong crowd the only game in town, what are we expecting? Um, we also... Why does uh, it bother you more now, as you've got older? Uh, because I'm responsible. It's it's my job. I'm in the seat now, um, so I should be doing something about it. And, and I, if I can be a leader, then I should get more people like me, or, or more of the grown-ups around, to take responsibility for this. We're, we're quite good at saying, you know, the politicians need to sort that out. And then we're quite good at saying the politicians aren't very good. And well, so if, always someone else's if the politicians aren't very good, then we shouldn't be putting this responsibility on them. We need to do it. You know, if you look at some of the different leadership that you see out there, um, people like my wife create a safe environment in which people can do their own thing and thrive. That's essentially... Uh, what mothers do that's essentially what families do for their kids so that's essentially all we have to do for the youth create safe environments in which they can find themselves find their passions and direct their energies towards a very positive passion and yet we underinvest in youth groups you know we we don't pay for people who are poor to go to the clubs that are enjoyed by kids who are not so poor mm. So we're limiting the chances of the more vulnerable or the, the less well catered for instead of investing harder in them to create this positive upsurge of, of very capable people. And, you know, I, my experiences are football and, 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 and scouts um, in the main. And uh, I, would, I would invite uh, all kids to have a go at scouting or something like scouting, you know, Whatever you know, different sure. uh, cadet regiments and things like that, simply because there's a place where they can find what they're good at. I mean, if they don't like it and they're not good at it, they should go and do dance or 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 art or you know but it's music. Like opportunity as well, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we should just be flooding the place with free opportunity. Right. I mean, you know, if 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 you can afford to pay to send your kids to eight clubs, pay to send your eight kids to eight clubs. That's something that you can do. If if you've got clubs that kids can't afford to be there at, we should pay for them to move around these clubs and find their passion. We should we should show them that we're investing in them, because in my experience, when you show young people that you're investing in them, 
they invest back. You know, they 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 do the right things. They get into positive streams. Um, so yeah, I, I I think I think genuinely from a from a point of view of 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 where I am, I should be thinking about what I can do now to try and change a circumstance which we're happy to sit here and agree isn't good for a, for 2023 UK. Do you think this is partly fueled by the experience that you had in a positive way of people who were not family members investing in you and De- definitely definitely I mean you know what can I do is a is a decent question yeah. and the answer is just start with the people around you just have a little look at the people around you yeah. what can you do start what, you know start small you know uh, Jimmy Farris maybe didn't do much I didn't I don't think he ran any clubs or anything but he made space for me he made time for me so his job was maybe one person the scout leader was doing you know 30 people and giving up a week and a half of holiday to take them on camps and things like that during things so they were investing more directly in a wider group but uh, you know we can all look around if you haven't got the skills if you're not a frontline person there are plenty of admin jobs in uh, in are, clubs and things like that and it, and, it, and if the only thing you've got is money give the money you know but but it's a collective thing what can we do at any one time in order to make things happen I, I, my son went to scouts and after the first time he'd been away on camp yeah i was just i drove the van that brought the kit back and we were just throwing the last bits in the in the um in the in the uh, scout hunt and the guy who was running it david said to me oh you know i said when when's the first meeting in in september he said well i don't think we can restart in september I said, well, that, that seems bizarre. Why not? He said, we haven't got the ratio of adults to children. We, right. can't, we can't open up. I said, forget, forget the ratio. You'll have the adults. Just tell me what the date is. Right. So I got all of the details of all of the parents on a spreadsheet, sent them a message and told them what day they were helping with the scouts because all they needed was headcount. They didn't need a leader. They needed headcount. Yeah. And, uh, and people wrote, I, 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 I got in touch with three of my hmm. closer dad friends and said by the way I've got a job for you and they went oh fair enough okay whatever so we started off doing the first two or three weeks and then we had this rotor and people would phone up and say well, I'd, I'd really like to help but uh, you know I'm busy so we said well that's fine little Johnny can't come because either we're all in or we're not all in right. and they went okay I'll, I'll turn up so again, I mean, it's slightly more the harder end of the leadership that I've There's tried the to pay practice it forward in life. piece as well, isn't but, it? Yeah, like, bit, someone bit, helped you; you now help others, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, so, so that was that was an opportunity for me to to sort of go. Well, look, I'll 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 stick my nose into this one and and uh, and have a little go. I've got so, another question for you, Ian. Yes, uh, you, obviously, you've had a successful career for many years within this industry, telecoms. You're a senior leader now. Is there something as well that's also saying to you, you've risen through the ranks, you've been successful, you've been able to provide, but you still want to actually give back? I, I think as a leader, because yeah, you are leading people now. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'm 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 interested in the payback. Yeah, it, it's just something I've, I've made a career in sales. I don't consider myself as a salesperson. Um, I, I I prefer. Um, Helping people, I, I I love problem solving. I, mean, I think this is the dyslexic in me that comes out. You've got to show us the glasses. Now, oh, come no, on, no, you've no, got to explain no, this. No, 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 For no, anyone no, who's watching no, this no. episode now, uh, Ian's going to go Thank all you. rock star on us. So this, this, this is this is this is this is this is how I uh, I start every meeting when I do a virtual meeting, explaining that I am not Bono's 
a less well-known brother <laughs> with no hair. Um, these these are technology that helps you read as a dyslexic. Doesn't yeah. work for everybody, but um, if you're dyslexic and you've not heard of tinted glasses, um, go and that's and made a huge impact on on your life, hasn't it? Well, it, to, I, to read it, and yeah, it, 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 it helps me read with lower error count. Right. So and it and it takes away some of the. Um, uh, the 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 fatigue of reading right, because okay. it, it it stabilizes the text and makes it easier to read. I still can't spell and I still can't spot whether I've spelt something right or wrong. So <laughs> well, don't a, worry, don't have to spell anything today. But but, so but, but, the, but the interesting thing I think about being dyslexic is you know you've got a challenge and you're going to have to work around it. So yeah. you start to work out how to problem solve. And so I think I I I I wouldn't describe myself as a salesperson. I'd describe myself as a problem solver. Okay. Um, if I went back to school, I solved a problem of what you do when you can't read the book that the teacher told you to read by yeah. the time the next lesson comes along and the answer is answer the first two questions do you lead people like this with this kind of uh, heightened sense of care and wanting uh, to help develop and support I'd, 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 I'd like to think i've got it right more than i've got it wrong well, but we're, i'm we're pretty sure I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure i've got it wrong a few times yeah I, i'm interested in people i really want i like to see people succeed um, uh, I'd, 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 I'd like to, I like to enjoy team success. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I went to a company called Martin Doors in 1991. Yes, that is a long time ago. I, I remember um, it well. <laughs> and, 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 uh, uh, a very, uh, good leader, David Goldie, invested in me. I he love the fact he, you remember everyone's names. Well, yeah, well, well, here's the thing. He's probably the only person that stopped me, congratulated me for doing well, and then told me all the things that I can't do. Right. And then invested in correcting the things that I can't do. So I couldn't do um, business spreadsheets and profit and losses very well, and I didn't know legal, so I couldn't do legal contracts properly. Right. So he, he gave me a commercial accountant in the team, and, and okay. he, he sat me down with William Blumenthal, the uh, company sales to learn how to read and understand uh, commercial agreements. So, you know, again, proof positive, I might have been just a jobbing salesperson yeah. if somebody hadn't tried to turn me into a business person. So I'd like the idea of being in business and being in management and, 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 and having uh, that involvement uh, as much as I do going out and seeing clients and try and work out what their problems are and see if my technology can, can resolve them. Mm. So... Um, You've had a lot of people, in some ways, who have been mentors to you. Yes, well, I, 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 we're all inspired by people that we see. I think, and uh, you know, if you're not, if you don't know quite where you're going, looking at other people and listening to other people is quite helpful. Yeah, role models in, 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 around in us. terms of doing. And there, there are there are phenomenal role models. So yes, uh, I think in in business, David is probably the most influential in my private life. It was the the three soldiers. Um, who stick out, but the scout leaders, the football club leaders, and that sort of thing, and then you move on to the big ones that 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 can really sit in, and maybe you know the project that I'm trying to to investigate at the moment is more down to them. But Ludwig Gutmann, Ludwig mm. Gutmann, he invented or created the Paralympics, right? Um, and uh, you know that that's somebody stepping out of the norm and looking at a problem completely. Uh, uh, differently, yeah. and then you've got Nicholas Witten, uh, Winton, uh, who who brought the children out of Czechoslovakia just before the war. These are people who took personal responsibility for changing something that's massive and and hugely important, and they were nothing to do with it. And again, and one person can 
create massive change, let's be yeah. honest. Yeah, well, Nicholas Winton was, was fantastic because he, he ended up in Czechoslovakia because his mate told him to come and have a look what was going on yeah. and he was supposed to be going skiing instead or something. And he got out there and he decided that this wasn't right and that at least the children had to be got out of this before yeah, the, yeah. the Nazis did what uh, the Nazis did. Um, and he, he, I think he, he approached the British authorities to try and get clearance to do this and they faffed around um, so he just created a letterhead and pretended they'd said yes right. and started the ball rolling. And when they found out, they went, well, seeing you've got this far, here's the letterhead. Crack on. Um, but uh, what I really liked the about... power of one, isn't well, it? Well, what I really liked about him was, uh, and, and I, I, I'll never be as modest as, as this, but he once he'd done it, he just went back to his normal life and didn't right. tell anybody until Esther Ranson uh, unearthed it on That's Life. In, and I remember watching it. I can't remember what year it was. But I remember watching it as a young person. This guy um, was, I mean, he, he, he said it was one of the most uncomfortable experiences of his life, being outed as a wow. hero. Wow. And it, you know, so, so he just did his bit and then he went on, cracked on with the, the rest of it. But lovely, lovely stories. And that's really what we're talking about, aren't we, is personal responsibility. And this is why we really can tie it into leadership. Because if you don't care about people, don't lead. I'll just say yeah, that. Yeah. And if you are in a leadership position, then you actually got to give a damn and take personal responsibility and allow other people to take personal responsibility. So let me come back in because you talked about your focus and passion to try and help care leavers. Yeah, and there was quite a definitive group of people who are the care leavers. Um, you were exposed to some great work already being done, I think, by Vorbos. Is that right in relation to which, yes. which kickstarted this, or as it was, it was a, it's one of those lucky things. You right. know, the first person you see uh, on LinkedIn after you've watched a documentary that has really stimulated your feeling of guilt or need to be involved, and yes. and and it leads you to the um, uh, linking in with with Tim. Yeah. Um, and then finding out that they run a recruitment policy with local people from the east end of, of London yeah. who have no experience of the job that they're being offered in terms of fibre rollout in, yeah. in London. And they create a, 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 an apprenticeship scheme, an environment in which people are valued and, and coached, a, a real um, uh, purpose within the whole business yeah. to allow people to find their capabilities and their passions when i went down and i i met with uh, one of his con uh, uh, colleagues daniel Rowe, he uh showed me the, the the organization chart which isn't a hierarchical structure it's a big long picture but it shows i've got it on tv screens yeah, I yeah, think, yeah. in the office they've, <laughs> well, they've got this lovely thing where you've got this picture of all the people who are out jumping down holes and putting fibre in together and then they've got all of the other departments and he will go, that person came from that team, that person came from that team. So it's really a springboard to whatever type of career you wanted. But um, instead of sitting in the shiny office in the middle of London to talk to me about it, we, yeah. we jumped in one of their uh, liveried vehicles and uh, swept down to Poplar or somewhere down that way. Yeah to the training centre and went into a class where people were splicing fibres together, which was pretty interesting. You don't hear that phrase all the time. No, you don't. No, you don't. It wasn't it wasn't what I expected during the day, and it, it was great. But it was, again, you, you look you, you look at the teachers, you look at the leaders, you look at the, the, the pupils or, or the, the, the members of staff, and there was an engagement. There was a partnership. You know, you, you have to learn. You have to put your focus on it, but yeah. they knew why they were doing it. They knew what the cost of 
shortcutting or or cutting the wrong length of the fibre was in terms of their splicing jobs and how care and accuracy was as important as speed and and transition to the next All job. All transferable skills. All transferable skills and, and, and about finding out the importance of their work. And, you know, there's some very good books out. Uh, one is uh, called Gung Ho, which focuses on the importance of work. So, you know, you may think that you're a small cog in a big machine and you're nothing to do with it machine doesn't work without your cog have some pride in the bit that you're doing if you want to do something else do this bit really well and then apply for something else but everybody's work is important and again i think that's something that gets casually ignored when when you know the tv is talking about work because you've got the higher up workforce and then you've got the people down low well that's that's an incredibly rude way of describing everybody's commitment to their part of the big jigsaw puzzle you know and we should we should make sure that people who work hard for a day get enough money to be self-sufficient because it must be soul-destroying to work really hard during the day and then be told that you have to have a credit. Same hours in the day as the yeah, CEO, you, you, right? You, you have to have a credit to live because yeah. you, haven't, you, haven't, you, haven't, you haven't earned enough to, to live on your own. So, yeah, anyway. So, again, where's this? Is it a sense of injustice or is it a sense of unfairness or a passion for social mobility? Is, again, this all coming from the story you told earlier or do you think it's, it's grown and grown in, in you? as you've become a family man, as you've become more successful, as you've become a grandfather. Has, has, tell me how this has just become such a thing. I, th- I, think it, I think it's, you could probably relate it as an underperformance. If, if I was running the kids' football team, yep. okay, um, you know, if they're underperforming and I'm the coach, it's my job to try and find a way of creating a better performance mm. and and uh, when I coached my son's team who they all started off as not being very good at football um, and uh, they got better and better and better because we chose the right um, approach yeah. which was a hundred percent of their best on the day is good enough result not important right everybody plays everybody played for the same amount of time and you we created this in, in investment in them this this process that they could engage in and they got better so now you look at the way the country's performing you could say it's nothing to do with me it's boris johnson and that crowd you know they, they've not done Abdicate a good job responsibility no, but it is my responsibility. It is our responsibility. But it's so, easy to abdicate. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, absolutely. So, so now you ask the question. Well, you know, we are underperforming. So what should we do to perform better? What mm. can we? What can we do to perform better? And the answer is, what can I do to contribute? If nobody else does anything else, it will have no effect. But at least I'll have done the bit that I can do. Even if it's just for one person. Yeah. Because then that one person and can I, go on and, 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 and again, the world. If, if everybody is saying, well, I will focus on what I can do. I'll take personal responsibility for something that I can see. I'll get involved somewhere. Then, then we've got to start. But I think abdicating it down to a, pol- a political group, and this is one of your guests, uh, Rupert Jones, was talking about, you know, are we satisfied with our political leadership? Yeah. I think as the voters, we now need to change what we expect of the political leadership if we want them if we want them to do the job in the meantime we better get on and do the job and invest in There's the youth a role for us. yeah we can get in on uh, we can get on and invest in the youth ourselves now it is possible to do that reach out into your community find a club that you can work with and do something if we're going to sort out the political thing we need to create a list of things that we want what are our outcomes yeah. 
and then ask the politicians to put a plan together for that. Because at the moment, as far as I can tell, their plan is to get re-elected in five years' time. That's the entire scope of most political parties, is how to stay elected, how to stay in the game. Um, And I think if we want them to be better at being politicians, we need to write them a charter of what we want. What growth do we want in the next 20 years? You know, and and, and actually create some sort of measurement against which we're going to uh, hold them to task and then set them off on that. You're also actually talking about role modelling, Ian. That's what I'm hearing loud and clear is that actually you'll set the standard. You'll do what you can do. Um, you'll take personal responsibility, you'll help other people take personal responsibility. And in some ways, it's like a ripple effect. You throw a stone in the pond, and you get a ripple effect. And I'm always looking for for clues in people's lives. And you very kindly handed me another clue as well. Because this is a lovely, wonderful book here called The Adventures of Millie. And two stories of lockdown fun this is your granddaughter isn't it Just yes well explain. I, I i thought everybody brought you a book <laughs> i mean normally well, this no, is very no, special they're, normally they're on the bestseller list that's 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 one of 20 that you can you, that you've got there yeah it's a limited edition, edition. I, I i could sign it for you in half but, the value but just tell us but, this is this is you and your granddaughter millie yes well i mean I, again people talk about uh, people locked, on camera, pe- pe- people <laughs> people talk about lockdown and and the difficulties of covid um <laughs> i was very fortunate in so much that i did half of my job in remote meetings anyway before it all started um but uh, when we were locked down my wife was working in retail my daughter worked in autistic care um in in a um a, a local center yeah um, which meant that uh, Grandpops was covering uh, Millie duty um, some weekends and uh, and that sort of thing. So we, we had loads of time, especially when we weren't quite so locked down, to go for walks and do adventures. So we're yeah. adventurers, Millie and I. And uh, and, and so we, uh, we started going. It started off when she was crawling under the bed. She was staying at our house. She has her bedroom, two bedrooms. She's a very uh, lucky girl. Uh, she was crawling under the bed, so like any responsible adult, I got her a head torch and told her she was potholing, and she did that until she fell asleep, and I, I, I sort of wrote the first, the first story down. And then the second story was, was we started talking. She, she has a limb difference. She has no Just fingers. Just explain what you mean by upper limb difference. Upper, upper limb difference is where through, through circumstances within the womb yeah. um, uh, with no traceable reasons um uh children can be born with uh, a half an arm missing hand missing fingers just a a a different construction so millie technically has all the bones in her hand and but she has no palm and she has no fingers they didn't develop in the in the right way so she has thummy which is the thumb on her left hand uh, and Thummy has a character all of his own and uh, and does a very good job. But so Millie, Millie's got this limb difference and, and it, it's a good lesson in, in not setting the uh, the boundaries. And if you go back to my friend Ludwig Goodman, one yeah. of my favourite films is The Best of Men. Um, he, he, he says a line, don't focus on what people can't do, just focus on what they can do. And it's a good lesson because we focus on everything that Millie can do and we're struggling to find the things that she can't do because... Right. She's born with no fingers on her left hand, and, and so she works it out. So, But the key is we got to create time and spend time together. We'd go for a walk that would take you an hour, and it would take us three hours while we made flint tools in a field for an hour and then cooked sausages on our jet boil while sitting in the park. But it's interesting, as a, as a dad, I always felt I should be teaching child, my children. As a granddad, uh, I, I, I'm sitting back and, and watching her learn. 
and being far less involved because it's not my responsibility. And and I think it tells you a lot about how education and how the growing of people can be done by letting them do it and encouraging them to work out how to do it. So, you know, having time with Millie mm. has been phenomenal. I mean, it's just fun, you know. Um, Thank you and, very much. And we are the adventurers. Well. But yes, and, and you know, if, if anybody's out there and they've not heard of Limb Difference, there's a, there's a very good uh, charity organisation called Reach, Reach. That's on the back of that. I'm gonna put, I'll put that, uh, these details in the yeah, show notes so, if, I, so, if I may. Can somewhere, I do that? Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, please do. I think somewhere on there, they've got a PDF of the book. So, you know, you know the story of Millie's Adventures is really there just to, to the, especially the second story, is just to express that Limb Difference. Limited Diffen- edition. Limited yeah. edition, Can yeah. I just say? yeah, prize it. I just want to say a massive thank you for taking the time to come in. I hope people who are listening to this, this came about by chance. It came about by us actually saying everyone has got a story, everyone has got a set of experiences. And I think you have said so much that when I listen back and create the show notes for this, I just think there's a huge amount that's relevant and pertinent to every single leader at every level. What it comes down to for me is about compassion and humanity. Well, I think, again, the opportunity for me is, and one of the reasons I was, I was so excited. Were you when, excited when I was, I was excited. You, oh, my. No, I know I was excited. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not known for being quiet in the corner. Right. Uh, but one of the challenges, one of the things I, I know is I have limitations. And the project that Don't has flashed into my mind uh, is technically beyond me. But that's only if I try and do it on my own. Right. So if anybody else is interested in uh, you know the, um, the the support of young people coming out of care. Yes. If they watch the documentary on the BBC, which is available on iPlayer about care leavers. What's it called? Do you remember? I, the I think it's just Leaving Care or something like that. Right, okay. Look up Joe Swash. Joe Swash. Okay. Joe Swash. And if anybody's out there and they've got. Um, some time and some talent, and 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 would like to join in, especially if you're in the uh, in the UK comms industry. Yes. Um, reach out to me because I'm not sure what the answer is, okay. but I'm sure we should find one. Well, we're going to um, link back to so, Warboss yeah. on this as well. Yeah, well, th- that'd be great because those guys, what they proved to me was job, that right? if you organise things properly and believe in what you're doing, because that's clear from them, they believe yeah. in the way that they're going about it. Um, then we can achieve in, in entirely great things. Um, we might fail, but as long as we try, then that's good enough. Oh, well, there's a good shout out. And I think, well, there's a, a big thank you as well, isn't there, to Tim and Team Vorbos for uh, this conversation and us meeting and us staying yeah. connected. And, and hopefully we can go on to do, you know, pretty good things uh, thank you so much Ian for taking the time to come on into the studio and being part of the Leadership Enigma I hope you've had fun I hope it's met your expectations uh, it, it, it has I, I think it was really interesting I was talking to my wife this morning she said are you looking forward to this or are you nervous about <laughs> it and she said how long are they going to talk to you I said an hour she went an hour and then she went no that, that's okay he'll talk for an hour <laughs> but I, 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 it's well, funny well, that well. I mention her only well. at the last but uh, but uh, um Emma is one of those people, and there are millions of them around, who create the space for other people to do their stuff. I still consider her to be the biggest influence on my on my life. Been together since we were fourteen, by the way, wow. which is not yesterday. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think again, we should listen more to the quiet people who just create opportunity, as well as listening to the people who are prepared to stand up and and talk and dream and and paint a picture and create a narrative that that people can follow. So. 
Well, Ian, I hope we've done you justice by holding the space, having this conversation. And, yeah. and perhaps you've just done a little bit of good. And even if that's for one person, then that was always the plan. Listen, thanks so much for coming no, it was to fun. the studio. It was Appreciate fun. It. Thanks Take for care. inviting me. Thank you. Join us again next week for more curiosity and insight with the Leadership Enigma. We'd love to hear your comments on today's show as well as suggestions for future topics and guests. Get in touch with me on LinkedIn or visit us at www.leadersenigma.com. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and on our dedicated YouTube channel. Thanks again for joining the community.